Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box at cornerofthegalaxy.com. On today's show, we're going to be joined by MLSsoccer.com's LA Galaxy beat writer, Mr. Scott French. We've seen this LA Galaxy team three times now, and while five points out of three games is okay, it's been more about what this team has looked like while getting that first win and the two draws. Today we'll take a look at what we have and haven't seen so far in 2015 from this LA Galaxy team. So don't go anywhere. Corner of the Galaxy from the box kicks off in mere moments, and trust me, you won't want to miss it. Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Guessman and LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano. And welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am Josh Guessman. He is Mr. LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano. And on today's great, wonderful, excellent show that we have for you, we're going to be talking a whole bunch of fun stuff, including the LA Galaxy and how they're going to look here in the rest of the season, but most importantly, what they've looked like over the last three games. And to help us do that, to help us do that this time, we're joined once again by one of my favorite people. Please welcome back to the show, MLSsoccer.com writer, Mr. Scott French. Scott, how's it going? I'm doing well. It's always good to be with you guys. And thanks for stopping by. And obviously, LA Galaxy Insider, Mr. Adam Serrano is here as well. Adam, it's always uh, good to have you back on the show. I know we sort of uh, skipped last week because I was moving, so I apologize, but but glad to have you back. Well, I'm glad we can have excuses and we can get back to work. No more excuses, back to work. I like that. Well, the the LA Galaxy have had three games now, Scott, and like we like we always like to do is we like to overreact and possibly dress down everything that we've seen so far in three games for the LA Galaxy. And I think the best way to go is to do this by position and sort of say what we have seen, what we haven't seen, maybe what we're expecting, maybe what we expected to see and didn't see. Um, all that fun stuff wrapped into one. So I think we start, obviously, at the back, a position normally. Normally, Scott, I would say that we don't really have an argument here because it's usually just Jaime Pinedo. But in this case, Brian Rowe started the first two games, and you had Jaime Pinedo come up with this last game. Yeah, and uh, I think that Brian Rowe did a pretty good job in his two games. Obviously, that the second goal uh, by Portland, he, as he expressed afterwards, he would have liked to have had another chance on that. That wasn't his greatest moment, but... Uh, for for a young keeper who's still still growing in the game, I think he did a pretty good job, and I I thought Pinedo was uh, was pretty good the other day. I think you know goalkeeping is not a problem with this team. I think that uh, what we haven't seen is uh, is at other places more so than it more so than you know in the net. 
Adam, would you agree with that? Would you agree that there's no issues here with the LA Galaxy and goalkeeping? Did, did we lose Adam once again, Scott? This is going to be, I think this is going to be the, the second time now that we've uh, we've lost Adam as we're going through it. Is he uh, up in the mountains somewhere? He, he he might be anywhere. Well, Scott, you and I will continue this conversation, and whenever Adam comes back on, we'll get his opinions on that. How about that? Oh, okay, that sounds good. That works. That sounds good. That works even better. Okay, so I almost disagree with you a little bit. I think that the the goalkeeping position has been a little shaky. Now, whether or not that's a young player like Brian Rowe not having that many first team minutes for the LA Galaxy to start with, and and just being shaky because of of, of the experience that he needs to gain, or or whether it's been Jaime Pinedo and sort of his. Uh, I don't know, maybe his lackluster start to the season, and he was even injured during preseason, Scott, so there's some, some reasons there. But you think that they're, they're solid, that, you, that they give you no worries from either one? I think they've, ju- I think they've done all right. I, I, not that they've been perfect. I mean, uh, Rowe also had the problem in the first game on the, uh, on the back pass from Omar, which probably wasn't the best back pass right. uh, at that moment, and, and that ended up being a little shaky as well. But aside from that, one, I don't think either has been tested a whole lot. Right. But when, they, when, when they've been tested, I think they've been all right. You know, you got the two, two problems, obviously, on, uh, on, uh, on Brian, the first game, and, and really the second one is, is the more, uh, more problematic one because that, that cost them a point. Uh, it, it ultimately, it cost them two points. Two points, right. But, uh, uh, of course, would they have scored in the 93rd minute if they hadn't given up the goal in the 90th? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Jaime, you know, I, I, I think Jaime for his first game, he did. He, he was okay. He was fine. Um, I have no problems with him on the goal. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a thing where it would have been nice to get him into the into where the ball's going, but you, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in his box. Uh, right. You know, the, that goal was really the problem of somebody else. Right, right. So, so I can understand. Okay, that makes some sense. So now let's move on and we'll, we'll take a step forward and, and go to the defensive line, a line that has been missing A.J. De La Garza, you know, one of the LA Galaxy's consistent starters ever since uh, preseason injury has kept him out. We talked to him on, uh, on Corner of the Galaxy not too long ago, and he updated us on that. And he just went uh, 90 minutes, I believe, in the USL game where the, where the LA Galaxy 2 played against the Real Salt Lake Monarchs there. So those, that, that seems to be going well. But what have you seen from the guys who have played? Who who stood out for you and who stood out for, for maybe good reasons and, and bad reasons? Well, I, for me, the, the best player on the back line has been Leonardo. I think he's been really solid. First game, early minutes, he had a couple of issues. And since then, I just think he's been really clean and really solid. Um, and, and as a whole, I think the Galaxy have defended well. They, they've had a couple of breakdowns that cost them. They've had some breakdowns that they recovered from, which is what you know and expect from a defense. Right. Um, I think we've seen Omar have a couple of breakdowns that uh, were a little bit uh, iffy, but uh, they didn't cost cost them a whole lot. I think he could have done more on the uh, 90th minute goal by Portland, but stuff like that happens, and mm-hmm. it's early in the season, and you're not going to be perfect. Uh, but I, I've liked Leonardo more than Omar early on in the season. Um, I think that Gargan has been good going forward. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more defensively from him, and I think that's true of Rodgers as well. I think Rodgers has been all right going forward. Uh, it's a little bit different for him with Villarreal. It's such a different guy there than Landon, and, right. and I think they're still learning to play to play with each other. But Rob B needs to be better defensively, and the and the losing his man on that corner kick, and and he knows that he he was kicking himself. I mean that was 
you, you just you can't do that at this level. Yeah, yeah, definitely at, at fault for the uh, the Houston goal that was scored there, and and Omar as well. Quite honestly, getting out jumped. I don't remember the last time I've seen Omar Gonzalez get out jumped uh, to a ball, but it certainly happened on that particular play as well. So, um, well, you know, I I thought that, he, and it was even worse to six right, four. So right, he's two big. big guys. Yeah, and it really was. I it was. I don't know so much that he got out jumped as he got out positioned. Horst got the better position for that, and I just didn't think – I thought it would have been hard for Omar to get to that ball without fouling worse, and, and that's unfortunate. And maybe you need to be in the better position, but it was a, it's a good battle between two big guys. How much do you think that uh, this defense – or it's even hard to, to see. I, I, I asked the question almost hesitating to because I don't think that there is any difference, but how much has A.J. De La Garza not being in the lineup affected this L.A. Galaxy defense so far this year? Well, you know, that's always difficult to tell because it is early in the season. They are still building uh, certain chemistry that has to be built every year. So in, in to a certain extent, we really don't know. But the thing that A.J. does is he's a glue guy on the back line. And when he's in central defense, it enables everyone else to do things that they can't do when he's not there because he has the speed to recover and he sees things a little bit differently. I think he reads the game better than anybody else. Uh, and on the back line. And if he's on the right side, he's uh, he's a little bit better defensively than Gargan is. So, you know, maybe he's back a little bit when you look at the, uh, at the goal in the, in the first game, you right. know, where, uh, where Rogers was uh, held the guy on side. Well, you know, part of that's also that everyone on the right side is so far pushed up. If AJ's playing on the right, maybe that's a little bit different. So I think that it certainly has an impact, but at the same time, everyone who's out there, you know, this is a team with six real starting defenders. It is. It is. Absolutely. And we've got four of them that are playing. And, and you got four of them that are playing. That makes sense. All right. So now we'll go on to the midfield. And, and I believe rejoining us might actually be LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano. So we'll move to the midfield. Talk about some of these guys who have impressed and haven't impressed. Uh, Adam, the first person that you think of who has impressed for the LA Galaxy in the midfield. I mean, the answer is obvious. It's uh, Jose Villarreal who has really sort of transformed himself in the way that we saw Robbie Rogers do a year ago, you know, moving to left back. He's done the same with his transition to left midfield. You know, the way that he sees space is something that's very striking to me. You know, he's not just the type of forward who's, you know, looking to go toward goal, but he seems to start thinking like a midfielder. And you've seen the production come from him in space, you know, He's been successful going forward. His crossing is getting better, and his defense is also improving. So, I mean, the answer is Jose Villarreal. Easy. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree, and I don't think Scott will will disagree. Scott, do you have anybody else in your mind who has stood out on in that midfield? Well, I, I think that Mika Virenen has been really good coming off the bench. I think when he's come come on, their passing has been better. I think he's shown a. Uh, a a real good ability to pressure, uh, pressure the ball, and, and kind of just some of the things that we saw Sarvis doing before that enables Juninho to do his game. Because Juninho's not really a ball winner right. so much as he's a get into the right positions to make plays guy, and Sarvis would go after the guys and force the, force the mistakes, take balls away, you know, force loose balls and so forth. And Byron has shown an ability to do that, uh, but we've only seen him in limited stints. He's still working on fitness. Uh, we haven't seen him at his best yet, and we haven't seen him 
you know, he's still learning this team. So right. I, I think we, we've got a lot more to see from him. Scott, who in your eyes has uh, has maybe stood out for the wrong reason in the midfield? Who do you need to see more from? Well, you know, I don't know that it's that I would quite term it that way. But for me, Stefan Ishizaki has been has been really on at times and really off at times. It's uh, when he's been playing well, he's he's gotten uh, he's gotten crosses in. He's done a good job combining on the right and and creating the the offense. And uh, at other times, he's his crosses are off the mark or. He's uh, he just doesn't seem to be in tune, and I think some of it is also a little bit of a transition in that because of the changes in in the roster with uh, with Landon and, and Sarvis leaving, he's got much more responsibility for setting the attack, and I think the team is still learning how to deal with that. Well, it's uh, it's definitely one of those uh, those interesting spots there to see uh, Varnan come in. Um, you know, I think for me personally, Adam, I think I'd like to see more out of Baggio Husidic if he's going to take over that central role as a starter, or at least until Mika can get uh, up to uh, you know full speed. What do you think about uh, uh, Baggio Husidic's performance so far? I think I would agree that you need to see a little bit more from Baggio. Uh, you want to see him really take hold of that position alongside Janino until, you know, Steven Gerrard gets here midseason. Uh, but you really haven't haven't seen that. You know, he's been a little bit inconsistent, particularly in the Houston game. I think that was a game where no, no one really played well, but, you know, Hussidic's uh, passing, which is one of his strengths, really wasn't on par. And I think that, you know, Scott brings up an interesting point about uh, Mika Vyronen in the fact that, you know, his passing has been exceptionally fantastic in these first two little, little snippets we've seen of him. Uh, and he's shown that he could be, you know, that kind of ball winner, something you'd want to see more from Baja, who admittedly is a player that, you know, prefers to release and get more into the attack. Right. Allows you, you know, kind of sit a little bit more. But, you know, you want to see a little bit more from him, not only just in his passing, but also with the way that he blends into the attack and you want to see the finishing be a little bit crisper because Lucich is the kind of guy that, you know, can get you, you know, at least, you know, six or seven goals on a season. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you, you need to see something from Baggio there. I think if he improves, I think a, a lot of things will improve around him, so I sort of almost see him as a little bit like a bellwether, and Scott, I do agree with you about uh, Stefan Ishizaki totally on sometimes, and, and then maybe totally off, but um, he's 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 also been really well, but Jose Villarreal is the is the clear winner on that one. We, we turn to the strikers now, gentlemen. Scott, I'll start with you. We've seen four strikers. We've seen Zardis, Keane, Gordon, and Buttle um, to varying degrees of all. Who who stands out for you? Who who do you need to see more from? Well, I think we need to see a little more from everyone. I mean, we we only saw Buttle in five minutes after very little preseason. So in a way, we just saw Buttle getting a few minutes to kind of see what he, he can do and, and no judgments there at all. Uh, Gordon, obviously, with the, the, the goal in Portland, he's done his job. He comes off the bench. You need to get a goal. He's gotten one uh, so far so it's difficult to complain about what he's done right um you know Zardes scored a great goal uh Robbie has two goals so in a sense they're doing their jobs but we're still waiting to see some some real fluidity up there and that's not all about the forwards that's really about the team as a whole and I think that the more we see them becoming uh more of a unit on the field and less of a I use this. I mentioned this in training today uh, when we were talking at training. Galaxy are a little bit like a Ferrari, and unless it's completely tuned, when it's when it's really fine tuned, right. the thing just hums and it goes. 
But if anything's out of whack, you know, it's coughing and it's spitting and all of that. And right now the galaxy aren't completely in tune. And I think that it's difficult to judge some of the individuals because of that. Um, you know, we, I think we certainly want to see a little bit more from Robbie, but at the same time, he's, he's doing so much trying to get things going. For me, one of my favorite moments of this season so far was a pass early on in uh, the game uh, against Houston where right. he just played this diagonal ball. And Zardis is running diagonally towards the right post. We're, we're quite a ways out from the box, though. And he lets the ball go, and Robbie or Rogers is over on the left wing. And that type of play, you know, we, we haven't seen enough of those type of things, whereas last year we saw that all the time. Uh, but this is a team that's having to do it without two of the best players from last season, and that is an issue, and it's going to be an issue really uh, for at least the first third of the season, if not longer. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly, you're, you're right in them missing two pieces. Adam, do you have anything to add on the strikers? Do you see uh, somebody who stood out for you, either good or bad? I mean, I think that uh, Robbie Keane takes a lot of flack uh, from supporters, you know, from the people on social media. Just In terms of, you know, he's scoring goals, but you know he's maybe not playing close enough to goal, but as Scott mentioned, Robbie Keane is a type player that will and and there we go see it's just it's going to continue that we'll just have <laughs> Adam on and off as as we go completely through this and so um you know I guess it's just going to be that kind of show Scott I don't know what else to tell you yeah, but you know some some days it's like this and you get, just got to enjoy it for what it is that's, I, I will I will take the good with the bad today I will I will try I will attempt to finish Adam's thoughts on that because I think you know I know where he's going that Robbie Keane doesn't play close enough to goals some of the comments that, that people have made about him or you know quite honestly a lot of people don't like his attitude um, I will tell you this that uh, having talked to him one-on-one and having close uh, contact I, I think you and I both uh, uh, having talked to Robbie Keane there, Scott, understand that he is a fierce competitor, 100%. Absolutely. And him coming back and dropping deep is what it, the reason that's happening is because the rest of the team isn't getting him the ball where he needs it. And I think we found that out after uh, after last game and sort of his comments after that is that he needs people to put him in position to be successful so that way he can make other people look good. And he will do that, Scott. He will make everybody look really good, but you have to make him, you have to give him the ball in a position where he can do something with it. Well, and he also likes to come deep. That's part of his game. We've seen that from the, the day he arrived. It's this idea that he needs to be so close to goal. He's not a target striker. He's a second striker right. who likes to make runs out of midfield and likes to be on the ball. And he's, he's much more of a playmaker than people give him credit for being, uh, maybe because he's not the playmaker who assists the goal, but rather the guy who kind of facilitates the movement and the ball movement that's going on and kind of is a little bit of a director up there. So, you know, maybe either he's scoring a goal or he's often making the third pass out that leads to the goal. And, and uh, it's, you, you kind of need to look at his whole game to, uh, to see what he's doing. But yeah. Uh, and the attitude stuff, you know, he is fiery. He, he is emotional on the field. And some people are really questioning that, but uh, hey, his teammates, his teammates love him. I was going to say that's his, really all that matters. I was going to say his teammates don't question that, not even for a second, and and it doesn't and it doesn't seem to bother any of them. At least not that anybody no. has even come close to let on to me, Scott. I I, I don't think I've seen anything. I've seen nobody's even. I mean, it's not even a, an item of discussion. Exactly. I, I mean, they all. I mean, the respect for Robbie in that clubhouse is is just 
enormous. They they see him as one being the best player on the team, and two just being a really really good leader. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's absolutely it. Adam, you you missed it, but I actually attempted to finish off your thoughts on Robbie Keane, and I think I did a pretty good job of it. Um, do you, you wanna do you wanna say what you were gonna? You think you can finish what you were gonna say about Robbie Keane real quick before your phone cuts I, out again? I, I mean, the thing to know with Robbie Keane is. is Scott said, you know, he's a leader. He is fiery. He's never going to stop being that because that's who Robbie Keane is, and that's why Robbie Keane is so successful. Um, as I said, you know, people try to say maybe he needs to be closer to goal, but Robbie Keane is that is that type of prototypical team player where he's going to drop back into midfield and you know try to sort things out if things aren't working that way because you know he has that desire to win. Just you know, every single game, you know, he has that kind of fire to him, and that's what makes him special. So, you know, we're going to see the high points of Robbie Keane as the season progresses, and I still think he's going to score a a boatload of goals for this team. Well, I I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Scott, you have anything closing you want to say about the first three games for the LA Galaxy that uh, that the listeners need to know right now? Well, I, I think more just in looking at beyond the three games and as the season goes. I think this is a really interesting season for the Galaxy because it is a transitionary a transitionary season because of Landon's retirement, because Gerard is coming in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and because they lost Sarvis, who, whose influence on this team was much greater than I think a lot of people even suggested. I think uh, in a lot of ways, I think he's a greater loss to the team on the field right now in terms of how they're playing and how they have to kind of come together. But it's a, you know, making amends for that, coming up with ways to reinvent yourself isn't always easy. And I think that this isn't going to be uh, always a, uh, a season that just falls right into line. I think the Galaxy are going to go through some tough spots this year, and I think they're going to have games like, uh, like these where they just don't quite click. And I think when mm-hmm. they start clicking – they're going to have games where every once in a while they're not clicking. I, I don't think we're going to see the best of this Galaxy team until late in the season. And while they're certainly one of the teams that can win the championship, and there's a whole lot of teams in this league that can, whether they are really capable of doing so, we may not know until September. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to take a little time. I, I agree with you on that, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, more pieces being added as we as we go along. With uh, obviously with Steven Gerrard coming in, so that's a big piece of the puzzle that's going to either shift, move, or or be completed whenever uh, he arrives. So we'll uh, we'll keep our, our eye on that. Uh, Scott, certainly want to thank you for joining us once again. If you're looking for Scott on Twitter, even though he can't seem to get his Twitter password reset, I can't get on the Twitter. I, I know I, it's like I, I haven't had access to my account since August. I can't get on. I asked Twitter. I'm trying to do it and they don't even reply so so, so it's, it's a mess at scott j french if you would like to not <laughs> talk to scott yeah, if on you twitter. want to see stuff that i stuff that i twittered back in uh, back last summer hey there, there you go follow him on there and of course mlssoccer.com and lagalaxy.com you can find uh scott's articles there as well so scott thanks once again for joining us i certainly appreciate it always good to be with you guys i'll talk to you later all right thanks scott all right that's Take scott care. j french like I said, you can get him on Twitter at Scott J. French. Scott is always great, always comes on whenever we need him, so we certainly appreciate it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever we get back, hopefully Adam's phone is still connected. I, I don't know if it is or not. We'll find out something or, or do something or figure out something uh, here in this, in this little break we're going to take. So you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I and possibly even LA Galaxy Insider, Mr. Adam Serrano, will be back 
just a couple minutes so that way we can both give you our unbridled views on this LA Galaxy team after three games. That's right, overreacting three games. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording deep within Landon Donovan's secret Cambodian lair, it's Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Mr. Josh Gessman with you. LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano is probably somewhere still on the end of this, uh, this phone call. At least we hope he is. But uh, we wanted to go ahead and wrap up this conversation we had with Scott French looking at the LA Galaxy over the first three games, what we liked, what we didn't like. Adam, I'll leave it to you first to give you a, a, have you give us a little summary of what you've liked so far and what you haven't liked. And that's pretty much how this show is going, folks. So um, it wouldn't surprise me that Adam once again dropped off. So I will give you my thoughts on the LA Galaxy over the first three games. Um, You know, for the most part, I think that there have been moments where you've seen pieces of that 2014 LA Galaxy. I think there's moments when you've seen a little bit of of that passing and that crispness and the ability of the LA Galaxy to carry out an attack. But I think that a lot of times you've seen that attack fizzle out and seen that, uh, that, that passing or that possession lost. And so they're trying to play a lot like the 2014, or in, yeah, the 2014 LA Galaxy, but there's still, there's obviously some pieces missing there. So, I mean, that's sort of my initial assessment. Adam, what do you think of your initial assessment, the first three games of the LA Galaxy here? Nope, it's just not going to work no matter how many hard times how many times I try. Let's see. Adam, are you there now? Yes. All right, I got you. All right, there you are. Okay, so we we got you back now. Okay. So what are what, this is this has been one of those shows, guys. I swear. Most of the time you would see that as I used to do the show and used to record the show, none of this fun stuff ever made it because I would have to cut it out and edit it. But the way I record now, it just doesn't make it feasible anymore. So you get to hear all of the wonderful technology hiccups that happen, and Skype is not cooperating tonight, apparently. So we'll just we'll just have to deal with it. So Adam, what what is your assessment of the first three games of the LA Galaxy? This team has shown an ability to grind out games. And while some people may be a little bit distressed with how that they're performing, you know, the, the attack isn't really clicking as much, but they've shown an ability to get results. And that's something the Galaxy teams in the past haven't been able to do. I look at the team from 2013 who really couldn't grind out a result. They weren't able to ever get points. And that's something that, you know, really hurt them in the long run but this team has shown an ability to do that and to get points yeah and it, and it is something that you need to see from an LA Galaxy team uh, especially when you look at how good some of the teams are in the west I think you're going to look at you know Seattle I think Portland could possibly actually be a good team again this year um, you know you have teams like Sporting Kansas City who have been in recent years very good you have teams like Houston who have been very good in recent years so there's a lot of teams on this west 
Coast in this Western Conference that are going to be vying for points. And it's up to the LA Galaxy to gain as many as they possibly can, knowing that they have a rather large piece coming with in Steven Gerrard. So um, that's interesting. I think the biggest disappointment for me is that the LA Galaxy defense, despite having a lot of the same players for me, Adam, hasn't been as solid as I wanted. I'm not saying they've given up a whole bunch of goals because I don't believe they have given up a whole bunch of goals. I'm just saying that they didn't. They don't seem as sure of themselves as they were towards the end of 2014, which may be, you know, expected coming into the, the start of a season. Yeah, I mean, the defense has been a little bit different. I think that one player that I really want to see more from is uh, Robbie Rogers. Mm-hmm. You, know, you really haven't seen him bomb up and down the flanks like you did a year ago. Uh, he really hasn't looked as sharp defensively. And, you know, head coach Bruce Arena said that today, that, you know, you really want to see more from Robbie Rogers in the attack, in the defense. So I think he's someone that's still kind of a work in progress, but, you know, as, We've been saying, you know, Leonardo has been a true revelation. I think, right. provided that he stays healthy, I can't see him losing his spot uh, really at any any time this year. He's been that influential with this team. And you know, Omar Gonzalez, he has some ups and some downs, but he's really shown an ability to work well with with Leonardo. There's the two big bodies up there. And, you know, that's something that's a real asset to this Galaxy team. Yeah, yeah, it it is. And uh, Leonardo being one of, and I agreed with Scott whenever he said it, by the way, that Leonardo has been the best defender so far in this this season. I I, I agree with it 100% because it it is what it is in this particular sense that Leonardo has shown initiative and has been really, really good for the LA Galaxy. And if that's going to be it, if if Leonardo is going to be the best one uh, uh, in the defense this year, then I think that bodes well for the defense as a whole, quite honestly, because he was one of the weaker leagues links Adam and so I'm, I'm happy to sort of see him um, you know step forward and maybe this is a step forward in his development and if he can continue this consistently that's going to be a huge deal anything else for the LA Galaxy in the first three games before you want to uh, get on out of here you know I think we we still need to see where AJ De La Garza is at um, you know he hasn't played due to injury but you know AJ De La Garza is a person who will always start for the LA Galaxy he is mm-hmm. that important to this team and you know that when he's on he's on so i need to see where he's going to eventually start to fit in and how that eventually changes you know the whole group dynamic uh you know dan gargan's played very well at the start of the season but is he going to be able to hold off de la garza can he do that um you know where does todd Donovan fit in and i mean the big question mark of course is Steven Gerrard, that's the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Where is he going to fit in? How is he going to change how the team plays? And that could, you know, be the difference maker. But, you know, I honestly think as well that Bruce Arena probably has a few more aces up his sleeves in terms of player acquisitions. He said that, you know, in the preseason. So let's see what happens there, and we'll see how this team kind of develops. I think, you know, three games a little bit soon. You know, after five games, we'll start to see, you know, where this team is. 
while the LA Galaxy will take on DC United at RFK Stadium on Saturday, March 28th. So coming up, that's uh, the LA Galaxy on the road in Washington, D.C., LA Galaxy Insider. Adam Serrano will be there, that's for sure. Um, I will not be making that cross-country trip, although I love D.C., so uh, hopefully that'll be another way for us to see this LA Galaxy team. The game's going to be on Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. Time Warner Cable Deportes, this is a 4 p.m. Pacific time kickoff, so look for those uh, those 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 official watch parties and, and and anything else. And, of course, we'll have uh, coverage here on Twitter as well as we uh, watch this game together. So it should be good. Adam, anything else before we get on out of here? Um, I think we we got a lot to see from this Galaxy team. Let's see how it all kind of blends together. That that sounds like it'll be a, be a long season, quite honestly, and, and we'll be here for every single game of it, so uh, should be exciting. All right, he is LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano. You can find his work at LA Galaxy Insider on Twitter and LAGalaxy.com forward slash blog, where he covers the LA Galaxy 24-7, 365. Like I said, he'll be traveling with the team to Washington, D.C. and give you all the behind-the-scenes info that he possibly can while he's uh, with the team in D.C. If you're looking for me on Twitter, me personally, it's at J. Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and I apologize for all of the starts and stops on today's show. Um, as frustrating as it probably is for, for you, uh, it was double frustrating for me. So uh, we'll work on it and, and try to get better as we go. But, hey, sometimes you need one of these shows just to appreciate how good some of the other shows are. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. This is one of those, those shows. So I think that about does it. Um, if there's anything else as we go along, we should have another show out this week that we'll be previewing that DC United game, talking about the Houston game, and we're going to do our best to get a another guest on, maybe a player or a coach as well. So we still have a bunch to get to with that. So make sure you go to cornerofthegalaxy.com, and that's where you can find all of our writing, all of our stuff, all that fun stuff. So for LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.